Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. We're going to continue this series this morning and we want to look at the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Hence my little fruit basket up here this morning. The fruit of the Holy Spirit. Everyone say fruit. So we're going to look at that right now. I'm going to turn to Galatians chapter 5, reading from verse 16. Galatians 5 verse 16 says, So I say, this is Paul speaking to a local church, but all of the letters that Paul wrote, he wanted them to be passed on to other local churches. So this was a message for every local church. This was not just a message for one church. This was not just a message for a period of time. This is relevant for us today. If Paul was here today in the flesh, he would be saying exactly the same as he said 2,000 years ago. The illustrations would be different, but the point would be the same. And so he said this to them, and I'm saying to you today what he was saying to them back then. So I say to you, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. But if you're led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. And right about now, people think, well, what are, what are the acts of the sinful nature? Paul, predicting that that's what people are thinking, goes on to say the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. As I was reading that, you think, well, what are the acts of the sinful nature? Well, here they are. They're so obvious. Sexual immorality, bum bum. Impurity, bum bum. Debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred. Discord. Jealousy. Now it's like, oh my goodness, me. I thought it was just murder. I haven't killed anyone. It's just getting right down to it right now. You ever been jealous? Other than Moggy, anyone been jealous? <laughs> I didn't expect anyone to answer, sorry. I just, now I'm feeling bad for you. <laughs> kick him out, kick him out. Can't have any jealous in here, get out of here. All right. Um, fits of rage, feeling very convicted right now. Selfish ambition. Dissensions. Factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like that will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we are led by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. We're doing a series on the Holy Spirit and essentially it's about us being led by the Spirit. If we can be people that are led by the Spirit of God, we will overcome the flesh. What is the flesh? The flesh is all those things that Paul lists as obvious. And those things that we don't want to do, but we struggle, 
When we are led by the Spirit, we're going to be able to overcome the temptation and the struggles that come against us. It's going to enable us and empower us. The Holy Spirit wants to empower us to be able to do the good we desire to do and not do the bad that we don't want to do. Having said that, I don't want to be a church that is known just for the things that we don't do. I don't want the Holy Spirit to empower me just so that I don't smoke and I don't do certain things that people associate as non-Christian. I want to be known for what we do do. Yeah, I said do do. But you know what, when it comes to raising money for uh, the Kalawasi project that we're involved in, I want to know what we are doing in our community. So we get people up here and we tell you about what we are doing with our KidGo program or the cafe. We want you to know what we are doing, not just that we are not doing this. I thank God Jesus saved me because now I don't go to the pub and I I don't smoke and I don't I don't want to be known just for what we don't do. I want to be known for what we do. Just do. And it's the Holy Spirit that enables us to produce the fruit that we desire to have in our life. And Paul looks at the nine fruits of the Holy Spirit. And those nine fruits can be broken into three categories. In case you're wondering how to remember the fruits of the Holy Spirit, we had a little song back in the day. And it says, the Spirit produces love. The Spirit produces joy and peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, humility and self-control. The Spirit produces. So you can remember that and take it home and never forget it again. All right, it works. It's a silly little tune, but it's stuck in my head ever since I can remember. And so those nine fruits of the Spirit can be broken down into three areas. And one is an upward focus. And that is God's aspect of the Christian life. And that is the love, the joy and the peace. This love is not a natural love. This, this is God's love. The Spirit produces God's love in your life. A love that doesn't just love your friends or family, but it's a love that goes beyond anything we can manufacture or muster up in our own strength. It produces joy, even in the midst of the most severe trial. This is the joy that Paul and Silas were able to have, even in their darkest moment, having been whipped, beaten, shackled and put in prison, they were still able to have the joy that comes from the Spirit, not based upon circumstance. I'm not talking about a joy that you get when you win the lottery to be followed by extreme sadness when you lose the money from the lottery. I'm talking about a joy that goes beyond any circumstance or situation. Who would like that? Well, this this is our inheritance as believers, as we are led by the Spirit. If you want this love, if you want this joy, if you want this peace, imagine having peace in a world of turmoil. I mean, this is what the world are searching for. Depression is on the rise. Suicide is on the rise. All these things are on the rise. And we have an incredible opportunity to model hope to a lost and hurting world. If we could be led by the Spirit and model this love, this joy and this peace. There's also this outward focus. It's man's aspect of the Christian life. And it's patience. Kindness and goodness. And then Paul also highlights the inward focus, the faithfulness, the humility and the self-control. 
wouldn't it be great if we had more self-control? I've told uh, this story many times. When I lost my call one day on Bondi Beach, and, and, and it's going to go down in all times as one of my greatest stories I've ever told. I'm not going to go into all the details today, but I can tell you this categorically. In that moment when I was kicking sand in people's face, saying, I can't believe it, I can't believe it, I can't believe it at the top of my voice, and ranting and raving and trying to stab people with umbrellas, <laughs> I was not being led by the Spirit. <laughs> I was not manifesting the Holy Spirit and being led by the Spirit. I was more in keeping with the sinful nature, the obvious, you know, the rage aspect. Not proud of it, but it was a reality. And I realised at that moment in my life, I was not being led by the Spirit. And, and I want you to know when, when uh, you are manifesting certain displays of impatience, it's for you to arrest yourself. Instead of blaming your boss, instead of blaming your husband or your wife or the kids, it's a good time to look at yourself. The reason I told the story and continue to tell the story of my Bondi moment is not to excuse what I did, but it's to let you in on the processes of my life to be able to say, I knew at that moment I'd done something wrong. And it was not because of my wife. It was not because of my kids. It was not because of the church. It was not because of anything other than myself allowing the lack of discipline to get a hold of me in that moment. And so this morning, we're going to look at the fruit of the Spirit. And to do that, I want to look at natural fruit to draw a comparison this morning, to try and to delve into what Paul is saying. Let's look at natural fruit in order to help us understand the fruit of the Spirit this morning. How does that sound? So that we can be sons and daughters that continue to be led by the Spirit. Because we can be led by the Spirit today, but wake up in a foul mood the next day and then no longer be led by the Spirit. It's an active daily choice that we have to make. We have to surrender to the Spirit's will for our life. Amen? So what do we know about fruit? Number one, fruit is grown and not made. This is deep. This is going to mess with some of you theologians out there, I'm telling you. See, fruit grows when connected to a life source. For examples, example, Apples, this is deep, grow on apple trees. <laughs> Did you get that? Write that down. Someone tweet that, please. In other words, it doesn't try hard to be an apple. It just becomes an apple when it's connected to a life source. The last thing I want to do with this series or today's teaching is for you to go out and try in your own strength to produce fruit. If you try to produce fruit, you're going to have a stress and a strain on your face and within your body that's not going to be helpful in displaying who Jesus is. This apple doesn't look stressed, does it? It's just just being an apple. 
We need God's help if we are to produce fruit. We need God's help if we are to produce fruit. Mankind has made many things. But mankind, tries it might, cannot make fruit. It can't make an apple. Unless it's one of these apples, of course. But mankind, for all its technology and all its advancement, cannot make fruit. And the fruit of the Spirit that Paul is talking about is not something you can manufacture in your own strength. So if you hear this today and say, I'm going to be patient. Oh, I'm going to be patient. 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 It'll never, ever work. It's something we have to yield to God. We have to surrender over to Him and say, Lord, I'm not patient enough. Holy Spirit, I need your patience. And it's as He leads us and guides us, we find ourselves being more patient than we ever could dream, hope, or even imagine. So it's staying close to the life source that gives us the ability to live with the fruit. If we don't stay connected to the life source, guess what happens? The apple gets old and moldy. Look at you all. That's what some people are saying about you and your Christianity. I mean, there's apples and then there's apples. You don't want that one. You don't want that one. There's bananas. Which banana are you? Let's praise Jesus. I believe in let's go it's alright for you since if I was to offer you this banana or this banana which one would you take which one would you eat right now so you've already passed the judgement based upon the fruit and the condition of the fruit. So you can't judge, you just did. And the world are judging us. You can't hide behind, you shouldn't judge me. They do. Can't judge a book by its cover. I know you shouldn't, but we do. It's impossible to produce fruit when you try to live isolated from God, His Spirit, and the church. Galatians chapter 3, verse 1 to 3 says, You foolish Galatian, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, was, uh, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I'd like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law, trying hard, or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish that after beginning with the Spirit, now you're trying to obtain your goal in human effort? I think this is one of the biggest problems for us who have been a Christian for a number of years. We start to get 
certain things in our life. And then we start thinking, you know, I don't need church as much anymore. I don't need to read my Bible anymore. My life's going okay. I've learned many things. I'm grateful for those early days. But now I can just do life by myself. I think, I think when you've been a Christian for a number of years, you're in a very dangerous position. And that's what Paul's talking about here. Because we start thinking, I, I've got it now. I got it. Don't need to go to church anymore. Anyway, Tony's only going to tell his Bondi story again. Fruit is grown and not made. As long as we're on this planet, we need to be connected to the life source. Otherwise, over time, we're going to go like that. And when this was first picked, it didn't look like that. And so that's what happens. We, we, miss, we miss one week, nothing of church. I still feel the same. We don't read the Bible for a week. I'm, I'm still okay because there's still a life force flowing through you. But pretty soon it'll dry up. And we end up like this mouldy split thing here. Number two, fruit only grows in certain conditions. Pineapples, for example, need a warm, humid condition in order to grow. You put a pineapple plant in a cold condition, it's not going to grow. And that is true for you and I. The Spirit in your life will only flourish in certain conditions. You can't do whatever you want to do and you can't go wherever you want to go and expect to be led by the Spirit. There are certain conditions where the Spirit flourishes and grows. The fruit of the Spirit grows when we keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 25 says, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. This means that we can't run too far ahead of the Spirit. It means we can't lag too far behind. But we've got to keep in step. And if the Holy Spirit was a person today, I believe he'd find a local church to attend on a regular basis. So it's about keeping in step with what he would do, not what we want to do. Being led by the Spirit of God creates the conditions that's required in order to stay with him. This involves reading the Word, prayer, Meditation. Meditation is just stopping to think about what we've read, what we've seen, what we've heard. Meditation is not clearing your mind of everything. It's actually filling your mind with the right stuff. It's praise, it's worship, it's fellowship. Church is a great environment for us to cultivate a spirit-led life. It's not the only element. But it's a great element nonetheless. And the moment we remove these elements, these environments, they're going to be less conducive to us living the Spirit-led life. Number three, fruit only grows on certain trees. In other words, an apple grows on apple trees. And pears grow on 
pear trees. In other words, you'll only ever recognize a certain tree by its fruit. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 16, it says, By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you'll recognize them. You know, this, this, this is a big point for me. In Paul's day, they had to contend with Greek thinking. Greek thinking was all about knowledge. Greeks loved knowledge. The Romans, they loved the glory. They were all about domination, world domination, and all the glory going to them. And so Paul was in an environment where people loved knowledge and glory. And he had to be able to speak into that. I think we're contending with something similar today. If you just take the Christian community, the Pentecostal community by and large is more about feelings, touchy-feely. How you feel, felt the Spirit move. Then you have churches that are more word-based and all about knowledge. And as long as we're getting more knowledge, we're happy. One saying, as long as we're getting more knowledge, we're happy. The other saying, as long as we're getting more feelings, we're happy. And I don't believe there's anything wrong with knowledge or feelings. But it should equal one thing, fruit. See, the difference between Greek thinking and Hebrew thinking and Roman thinking was this. The Hebrews knew that unless what you knew was applied to your life, you didn't know anything. The Greeks just sat around, talked about the latest and greatest ideas. You can read that in Acts chapter 17. It says the Athenians, they sat around talking about the latest ideas, but did nothing. But Hebrew thinking was founded on what you outworked in your life. You know, if you read enough good books about how to drive a car, you could convince someone that you were really good at driving a car, having never driven a car. Because you can learn the information. You can, you can get the knowledge. And yet never have driven a car. Who remembers back in the day when you were learning to drive? And I'm not talking about an automatic. Driving an automatic when you're learning to drive is not driving. That's just go-karting. <laughs> I'm talking about real driving where you have to learn to use a manual. And you've got a hill start. A hill start in an automatic is no challenge. But in a manual car, to be able to put your foot on the accelerator just enough and let your foot off the cut just enough and have your hand on the brake and there's somebody watching you, wanting you to fail. That's a test. In that moment, I don't want some young person telling me, this is what you do. Because knowing what to do and doing it are two different things. I fear that there are many people that come to church for many years and we know stuff, but we don't live in it. 
And that's not gonna produce the fruit that I'm talking about this morning. Knowing how to drive a car and driving a car are two different things. Knowing how to forgive your brother and forgiving your brother, two different things. Forgiving your brother is real easy. You just walk up to them and say sorry. No big deal. It's real simple on paper. What makes it hard? Because it's hard. That's why. It's not hard just to tell somebody what they've got to do. And we can promote ourselves when someone comes up and says, what do I do? We just tell them what to do. Thinking that because I've told someone else what to do, that now I'm living in it. So we can tell someone else that they shouldn't hate their brother. We can tell someone else how to go and speak to their brother. And we can tell somebody else that they need to forgive their brother. We can tell that person how to do it and have the same attitude towards somebody else. And Paul is saying, no, no, a, fruit is recognized, a tree is recognised by its fruit. What are you producing? And it's a good question for us to ask ourselves, what are we producing? Excuse me. Because pears don't come from apple trees. Pears come from pear trees. Deep, I know. And the thing I've given my life to is not tickling people's ears with knowledge. It's not to create a platform where we feel good about ourselves, although I hope we do. But I'm committed to the point of being that annoying guy that we might produce fruit. That we might be living what we are saying. Because fruit is measurable. See, not everyone who says they're a Christian are a Christian. It's measurable. Not everyone who says, I'm doing well, is doing well. Have you met someone who says, how are you doing? You know, how are you doing? How are you doing? How are you doing? You doing? How are you doing? Oh, good, thanks. Great. How you doing? How you doing? doing yet yeah, we're doing good. And Paul says to the Galatians in Galatians chapter 4, what's happened to all your joy? In other words, you, you can say you're doing well, but where's your joy gone? You see, I was in jail, Paul says. It wasn't a present day, but we had joy. So where's your joy gone? Oh, I've got an ingrown toenail. I said, really? Where's your joy gone? If we've lost our joy, I guarantee it's not over your ingrown toenail. I think we've just got out of step with the Spirit. And it's for us to arrest ourselves. Number four, fruit produces fruit. If you cut an orange open, inside the orange are seeds. If you cut an apple open, inside the apple are seeds. Fruit always 
produces fruit. In other words, what we get on a Sunday, what we get when we read the Word, what we get in prayer should bear fruit in our lives, but it should bear fruit that bears fruit. By very nature, this is a giving apple. It's got life in it. It's not just concerned about itself. It actually wants to give of itself. When we make our Christianity all about ourselves and me feeling good and me being blessed and me being the head and not the tail, there's nothing wrong with any of those things if we then give something back. So volunteering and volunteeringism in a church should never be an issue if we understand this point. Because you've been blessed for a purpose and it's not to be blessed, it's to be blessed to be a blessing to others, to produce fruit in other people's lives. And so it's only right and fitting and it's great that we took time to acknowledge the 200 plus volunteers that it took to make the KidGo program work. But you know what? If we didn't have that 200 volunteers, there'd be something wrong. So I'm grateful, but actually I expect it. I expect it, but I'm grateful. Oh, I'm grateful, but I expect it. I expect it, oh, but I'm so grateful. And Kath was trying to say the same thing. She said, please set aside time. That was the pastor heart. The apostle says, come on, guys, just do it. Both are right. I'm like, oh, you better do it. Oh, I'm so grateful you do it. Because it's right that our life should produce fruit. We should not just be all about ourselves. And can I say at this moment, if you are not volunteering, don't get, don't get condemned. The Holy Spirit does not condemn you, but He does convict you. That's what we said last week. And if you're feeling a little bit awkward now, that's the Holy Spirit saying, just get involved in a roster. That's how He works. Give of yourself. Seed yourself. Be a blessing to others as you in turn have received blessing. Amen. I love apples. Fruit begets fruit. Love begets love. You know when you're laughing? When you're laughing, you can be blessed laughing, but your laughter actually is infectious. Have you ever been around someone who's uncontrollably laughing and you just can't help but laugh? That's what I'm on about. You're being blessed, but you're actually being a blessing and blessing others at the same time. That's Christianity right there. That's what I'm talking about. I'm being blessed. But we want to be a blessing to others. And number five, as the band can come, that'd be great. Fruit is for nourishment. Fruit is not to be just put on display for everyone to see. Look but don't touch. You know, there's nothing worse for me than going to a house where there's plastic fruit. My question is, how plastic are you? How plastic am I? Can people feed off us? And if they can, what do they feed off us? These fruits that I have on display are not just to be looked at. They're to be tasted and enjoyed and eaten. They're meant to nourish your body. 
meant to keep you healthy and strong. Not just to admire from a distance. These fruit of the Spirit that we've been talking about are not just something to say, oh, that was, that was a great sermon. Isn't that wonderful, those that, that fruits of the Spirit over there? They're meant to be taken in, fed upon. Because I want you to know that we live in a world that is starving. Maybe not for bananas. But they are starving for love. They are starving for joy. They're they're next to flatlining when it comes to peace. Fruit is for not just your nourishment, but the nourishment of others. Who wants this banana? Who wants this pear? I'm chucking it, I'm chucking it, I'm chucking it. Go long, go long. Yeah, I'm throwing it, I am. I'm throwing it, you ready? And you know what? When we start sharing what we have, it gets a bit messy. It gets a bit nervous. That, that, that there is a picture of what I'm talking about. If I go and, and, and just love on this guy, I don't know what's going to go well for me. But you know what? Here, have it anyway. We had no guarantees that that would go as well as it did. Went pretty well. Could have landed on his head, killed him altogether, but... Half an orange. There we go. Half an orange. At the back. You ready? I'm I'm throwing it. You ready? Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Half an apple in the middle. I just need some nourishment for myself right now. in the zoo. (laughs) Matthew 25, verse 35. What was all that about? Listen, watch this now. You say, ah. See, I'm like a pop-up version of the Bible. I just like pop-up. For I was hungry And you gave me something to eat. So I don't know what, when Jesus was teaching this, I don't know what it looked like, but maybe he did exactly what I did. But we get so religious. I think, why is he throwing around fruit? I'm trying to make a point. 
And we've got a lot of things competing for our attention right now, and I need to grab your attention. That's all that is. But don't think for one moment it wasn't spiritual. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of God is saying. For I was hungry, Jesus said, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer, Lord, when do we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When do we see a stranger and invite you in? Or needing clothes and we clothed you? When did we see you sick and in prison and go and visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Do you know how much it blesses my heart when Karen Runyo stands up here and for the first time ever tells about a woman who's actually willing to leave her son when she's never been able to leave her son before? Whatever you did for the least. This is the spirit-led life. Now, Karen's a teacher. I'm sure she could have done better things with the holidays if it was all about her. But she not only volunteered, she took on a more difficult situation. And the mum couldn't believe it. This is what this series is all about. Us being empowered to do what we can't do, what we couldn't be bothered doing what we just don't give a stuff about. We've got a gala ball coming up. Costs $140 for dinner. If you make it all about the price for the meal, you've missed the point. We want money to get into the hands of those who have no money. When it comes to running our cafe, the only reason we can keep it open is because we work with volunteers. And so some of our volunteers are getting tired because others aren't volunteering. And we have this dilemma, do we shut it down or do we keep it open and honour what Jesus is talking about? Because one of our greatest outreaches to date is our cafe. And if it's just purely dollars and cents, we could not afford to keep it open. But what makes it work is the incredible understanding of what I'm talking about today when people volunteer their time. Whatever you do for the least. And we have some leasts coming in. And I just want to make sure that there's someone there for those leasts. Because Jesus says, when you do it for someone, you don't even do it for them, you're doing it for me. Which also reads into, if we don't do it, we're saying no to Jesus as well. Now, I'm not here to manipulate you. 
with a bit of music in the background, although it is pretty nice. But just to say, can we not open up our hearts and let the Holy Spirit in and speak to us? If I make this manipulative, I'll have to keep manipulating you. But if we can invite the Holy Spirit in, He can lead us, not just today, but ongoingly. And that's the purpose of this series, that we might be Spirit-led. We're not a perfect church by any stretch of the imagination. Our selfishness gets in the way. Our hypocrisy gets in the way. Our arrogance and fits of rage get in the way. But if we can recognize that and keep going back to the Holy Spirit and asking for help, those moments are going to be minimized and his leadings are going to be greater. And if you're visiting this morning for the first time, I want to apologize if as a church community, we've put you off based upon some of these things that you may have seen, be it from this church or another church, because we're not perfect people. In actual fact, you may have said in your heart of hearts, I don't want to go to church. Church is full of hypocrites, to which I would say, no, it's not. There's always room for one more. We all have hypocritical tendencies. But as we continue to be led by the Spirit, they become less and He becomes more. That's what this is about. It's about us growing in our faith, growing in our love, growing in our peace, growing in our patience, growing in our kindness, growing in our goodness. And there's only one way that can take place as we continue to be led by the Spirit. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 